It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. What's up, y'all? It's the best bits of the week show. I'm Morgan number two, and I'm so excited to be hanging out with y'all again this weekend. If you guys are new to listening to this, every week what I do is I take the best seven bits from our show and count them down. So in case you miss something or maybe you want to get the behind the scenes, which is from social media, what I'm hearing from y'all is that you love the behind the scenes. When I bring on another show member and we talk about all kinds of crazy things and of course, This weekend, I had to bring on Mike D because Mike D is a newly married man. Yes, I am. I mean, last time we had you on, you were just a fiance and now you are a newlywed. It feels weird to say. I know. It feels weird to even say. I am someone's husband now. (laughs) Oh, that's so weird. Okay, well, we'll get into all of that good wedding stuff because, you know, just spoiler alert, it's coming in at number one. But we have a lot to talk about to get there. So let's get started. We always have some big guests on the show. And of course, this week we had in Zach Brown because Zach Brown Man released a new song. We haven't talked to Zach Brown in a long time. And he obviously hasn't been on the road in a long time, like a lot of other artists. So we talked about everything he's been up to in the pandemic, his crazy hobbies he's gotten into, like total BA Zach Brown. We already knew that, but he just solidified it. So listen to this interview. Number seven on the Bobby Bones Show now. Zach Brown. Zach, what's up, buddy? How are you, man? Hey, good. Where are you right now? I'm in Nashville. You got a new song called Same Boat. You, you wrote this yourself, obviously. So you go into the room to write this song. Like, the concept, does it does it come up from, a, like, a note someone had in their phone? How does Same Boat come together? This was actually an idea that was brought to me. Uh, ben and Jonathan Singleton actually brought this idea in. And then we started working on it, and it just started being magic, man. It just started coming out. And it's, it's just a fun... It's a fun song if you want to listen to it on that level, but there's a message there if you want to listen on that level too. So you can you can smash a margarita while you're listening to it and it, have a good time or or get a little, you know, a little message as well. How are you doing, man? Oh, I'm good. I mean, this ain't about me, Zach. We haven't talked to you in forever. I want to. I sit here and talk to people all day about me all the time. So let, let's just. I, I'm doing good though. I'm getting married for the first time. Thank you for asking. Now I feel uncomfortable. For some reason, I feel uncomfortable now that Zach has asked about me. Yeah, he turned it <laughs> yeah, on you. Yeah, he turned it on me. I wasn't ready for that. Hey, when you guys <laughs> get back out on the road, Zach, you have so you have what, 15 number ones or so, and you also have new music. How are you balancing that set list between the number ones, the new music, the amazing covers that you guys do? Like, what goes on in a meeting there? Man, it's it's exciting just, just having my guys back together again, just being able to be in a room and rehearsing. We, we've already started rehearsing for the band. I mean... After being off like this, man, I'm on fire to, to get out and play. I'm, I've been on fire to, to write this music. I've been on fire to, like, get back, get the world back together again and remind people what America really is and not what's been shown on the media for the last year and a half. Like, I'm, I'm really excited to uh, to just go out and do what we do. I feel very rejuvenated after, um, after being off and after being away from people so long. Super excited to have you back, and if you guys are, are are listening to this now, I've seen Zach a few times, and holy crap, what a show it is. I mean, it is. It's everything you think it would be with the massive hits, but also they just do such a big show, and all of a sudden they'll do Dave Matthews Band or Metallica, and you're like, wow, I can't believe they did that. Then they'll play new music, and most times I don't even want to hear new music, but I'm like, dang, that's a good song. So you guys go check out Zach, the comeback tour. Uh, it's, I mean, there, I'll have a whole page of dates here, but starting August 5th in New Jersey all the way to October 17th. So... 
your Nico Moon, who's a friend of ours now, is a friend of yours as well. Um, wrote a bunch of songs with you, and even came in with you back in the Sir Roosevelt days. He had a number one. Like, how do you feel about like one of your guys making it now on a different level? I'm super happy for it, man. You know, I saw I saw Nico playing at the mansion in Carrollton, Georgia, like forever ago, and I believed in him ever since I saw him play the very first time. So I'm super happy for him um, doing his own thing, being out there, and and it, you know his songs are popping up now on my kids. My kids are listening to you know, playlists and stuff. And Nico pops up on these playlists and it, it definitely makes me proud. Um, he deserves it, man. He's super talented and, um, and a great, a great human also. Zach Brown is on with us. He's got a new song that we world premiered today. You get, you still get nervous when a new song comes out or are you mostly just relieved that you're finally able to get the song you've been working on so long to, to, to be played for people? No, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm like, I'm like a, the same fire that I had when we made our first album. That's the same fire that I've got again coming back out with this record, man. I'm super excited. I think we've written the best record start to finish that we've ever done. And I've been able to spend more time writing on it and working on it than anyone that I've ever done. So uh, I'm really excited. And this is the beginning of it. You know, it's hard to pick like which song is going to represent the album, you know, like what is that? What does that look like? You want to, you know, and, and are people going to think that all the songs are going to be like this? You know, but we've got a good a really great flow it was hard to pick which which song was going to be the first one aside from music which i would say you're an expert at music what what else would you consider yourself an expert at you know i, I dabble in a lot of things man my favorite thing in the world to do is to spearfish you do you go down yeah. you like you swim down and you throw the spear in the water is that how that works or do you do it from the boat no no you do it in the water you know one day these fish are going to get upset and they're going to ambush you, right? Like I see McGraw, too, spearfishing. And you know one day you're going to run into a whole group of these fish that are a little bigger than you that have heard rumors about you and they're going to take you down. Does that worry you? Not at all, man. You know, I've, I've, you kind of at the mercy of the ocean. And so if that's the way that I'm, that I'm supposed to go, then, then so be it, man. I'll, you know, I'll take the Viking approach if they're going to carry me. To, <laughs> let's do it. I saw a picture on your personal Instagram of you playing pool. Are you a good pool player? I, you know, I don't golf. Um, I maybe will learn one day, but when I'm an old, crusty old guy, if I make it that far, I want to be a really good pool player. So uh, I've been practicing at the house, got my kids playing at the house, and um, it's, it's something I definitely enjoy doing. Can you go out somewhere and have – because if you're not wearing, like, the Zach Brown look – from Zach Brown band. Can you go out and have a dinner without people bothering you or knowing who you are? Or are you so unmistakable, even just with the beard in your face that people are like, that's Zach Brown. No, man, I, I, I slide by a lot, you know, occasionally people recognize me, but you know, in Georgia where I live and then around Nashville, people are cool. You know, sometimes people notice and it's not a, it's not a big deal. You know, I'm really not a big deal. I'm just a dude, you know, but I definitely don't, I don't, pander attention if i'm not on a stage you know so i'm happy just sliding by and and um getting to sneak sneak you know under the radars is pretty it's pretty good man and i i get away with it a lot you know with a ball cap on and and sometimes you know when i'm off the road i'll kind of cut my beard short too and people don't even recognize me how many tattoos do you have at this point because it's head to toe right uh it's not not exactly i have a lot more uh a lot more space for it but i i do my my tattoo artist is here in nashville adam the kid 
and he's just awesome, man. You get a tattoo from him. He, he doesn't dig too deep, man. He gets it done quick. It heals quick. And it's just like, he makes it easy. Adam, the kid is also my tattoo artist. And he's also come and guest hosted our show before. And so, you know, just a super creative guy. Does he put tattoos like on, on your head? Do you have tattoos on your head at all? Do you have tattoos on like, like under your arm, like weird places? What, what happens there? Well, there are places that definitely hurt more than other places. Um, and it's weird places like you wouldn't think like on your elbow or like, you know, I mean, for, for me, like this side piece of my of my finger, like the inside between your fingers, like that made me want to throw up. Why would you get um, it? Why, yeah. Why? <laughs> well, he didn't know it was going to make him feel that way. I feel like way. Zach's like Jeff Bezos. Like he's so successful. He has so much money. He's so creative. Now he's just doing stuff because he's bored. Like he's done everything at this point. So he's like, all right. Tattoo in between my thighs, right there in that little spot, because that'll make me feel. Like, is there anything to that, Zach? No, actually, this this was my wedding band, um, and I was blessed to be married for 12 years. But but that was so I didn't lose my ring, and so that was the reason that I had it on the inside of my finger. But that little tiny spot between was the worst of anything, the worst ever. Well, we're glad you're back. We're glad you got a new song. We can't wait for the record. We can't wait for the tour. We played the new one called Same Boat from Zach Brown. Zach, it is good to talk to you, my friend, and hopefully uh, I'll see you around town sometime soon. Yes, sir. Thanks, Bobby. Good Have to see awesome you, buddy. It's the best bits of the week show. with Morgan number two. This week, the show got stuck into a segment where we all had to confess something really weird about our bodies that we didn't like. I don't know about y'all, but getting vulnerable is really hard. And I'm about to make Mike D get vulnerable because we all had to. So, Mike, what's something you don't like or what's weird about your body? I mean, where do I start? I hate my body. <laughs> okay, no. We need self-love in here okay. too, Mike. So just a few things. I would say the hardest thing about me is I have hair everywhere. Like from my chest to my arms to my knuckles to my feet. I just can't get rid of hair. It's everywhere. Okay, so... Do you shave a lot of it or do you just leave it? Let it be. Like when I was younger, I was like, I got to control this and shave it. And I, I did that for a while. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to be me. I'm going to let it grow. <laughs> so now you have it everywhere. Everywhere. And that is that like a trait that's been passed down to you? Yeah. my Weird to say, but my grandma is really hairy. <laughs> so I get it from my mom's <laughs> side of the family. And then ever since I was a kid, I've just always had a lot of hair. The only good part about it is like the hair on my head is also really thick, so I don't True. really have that fear in me of like, I'm going to lose my hair pretty soon. Are you worried about passing that down to kids if you guys ever decide to have them? Yeah, we've talked about that. Our kids are going to be very hairy <laughs> <laughs> and anxious and just overall, we're like, man, should we even have kids? Well, and I'll point out too, I mean, this was like one of the highlights for me at your wedding was that I got to meet your family, but when I talked to your dad, he has this really sick handlebar mustache. Yeah, my dad basically looks like the guy you would see on a bottle of hot sauce because <laughs> his mustache <laughs> is just rocking. Yeah, he's had that forever and he takes pride in it. He waxes it. He trims it. He loves that thing. One day it was a really fun conversation when I asked your mom how she felt about it because you know the wives are always like, oh, I hate the hair or, mm -hmm. you, or they love it. It's one or the other. 
And your mom was like, mm, I like it, but he gets a lot of attention and I get jealous. And I was like, okay, I get that. <laughs> and I think my dad, he kind of likes the attention a little bit. Just, you know, it's a conversation starter. People will see him be like, hey, I love your mustache. Like, How do you do that? And he'll tell them and he likes that. Well, and let me tell the listeners, this isn't just a normal mustache either. Like it's a handlebar. Like he has it out. It's rolled to the sides. It's mm -hmm. so perfectly shaped. It has the twirl. Yes. It's so perfect that I understand why it gets all the attention because it's not just a normal mustache. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I have a feeling it comes from your dad's side too a little bit. I a mean. A little bit. I can't grow one. So <laughs> I didn't get that side of it. I got hair everywhere else except my face. Okay. So you can't grow hair on your face I though. can't grow a beard. I can't grow a mustache. You look like you have some stubble though. Yeah. But if it grows in, it's not, it doesn't okay, not look good. Full. Yeah. It's not a full situation happening. Yeah. Not at all. Okay. And is there any others that you want to confess about your body that you don't like? I mean, my, I run a lot. So my feet are pretty messed up. Even before I started running, I've had problems with my toes so they look terrible so i never wear sandals flip-flops or anything like that even in the super hot months hot i will wear socks with sandals <laughs> i no. will do that my no. look is no in my slides i'll wear my socks it's okay. more comfortable to i me. mean you could wear crocs and not have to wear socks mm, Nah. you would rather wear the socks I'd and sandals socks than rock the, the crocs socks and slides is my look okay and how does kelsey feel about this she's fine with it she, she grew to like it. She doesn't care. <laughs> she doesn't make me try to shave or anything. Well, I mean, y'all are married now, so she loves you for who you are. Yeah. So obviously that worked out for y'all. Yeah, she's good with it. I mean, I confess that I have a, a mole on my head, but something that I really don't like about myself, I guess, per se, that's not super weird, but I hate my knees. Your knees? Yes. Like the way they look? Yeah, I just feel like knees look really weird. I think everybody's knees look weird. I know. And I've the more that I've like started to think about my knees and I see everybody else's knees, I'm like, knees are just weird. So you don't like them in pictures or just like looking at them? Pictures. I don't mind them like just myself. But then I see them in pictures. And I'm like, that. they look like they have little faces on them. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not what your knees are supposed to look like. I know they're necessary, but they just look so funny to me. Interesting. I know. Weird, weird pet peeves <laughs> that I have. All right. Well, before we get too more vulnerable and we get really sad up in here, which we don't need. Yeah, yeah. We're supposed to be talking <laughs> about happy things. Y'all can hear all the confessions that we made about the weird things about our bodies. Number six. Amy thinks she has a tail. You know, you know no, she I has do. a tail bone. Sure, we all do. We all do, but she thinks she has a, her bone comes out hard, more than other people. Mm -hmm. So she constantly hurts her tail. Yeah, my tail. Yes, my tail part. My tail of my tailbone. Like in yoga, I noticed years ago. I never knew I was different at all. I thought I just couldn't do certain moves that other people could do. Like if you rock back and forth, like from your back up to your legs, like. I couldn't, or like boat pose, that always hurt me so bad. Like I would have to get up and be like, ow, ow. Well, and I was at a water park and going down one of these slide things and we're, I'm in a tube though. So my butt's kind of like hanging down and hitting it. And then I went over this bump and my tail hit the bump and it hurts so bad. So, okay. and nobody else, like nobody else in my family had the issue. Can you see it protruding from your butt? Kind of a little bit, but you can feel it. And I have felt other people's just to see. That's weird. I really? know. And though if I know it seems weird. Laugh, laugh if you want. But you it think hurts. you have an extra long tailbone that looks I like a tail? I feel like, or it didn't tuck under correctly, or something happened to it. Now, when I was in maybe 
second or third grade, I was going off this slide and fell and landed and hurt kind of my tailbone area. It was really scary. I had to go, my mom had to pick me up. I had to go to the doctor in the middle school. But I, I wonder if that's like an injury, like it bumped the tail. I don't know. And I have lower back problems. I don't know if it's related. I could just be marrying all this stuff together and it's unrelated. And I was just born with a little teeny tiny tail. So what's the weird thing about your body? Let's go around the room. Oh. Like, it's like, oh, man, this is... A, like, me, I have these on top of my shoulders. I was always so skinny as a kid, and they're still here. Like, my shoulder blades, like, pop out, like Amy's tail does. Yeah. Of my shoulders. Yeah, and not so everybody so I was always that. embarrassed to take my shirt off around people. So I was a kid at the pool swimming with a shirt on because I had these little bones coming out of the top of my shirt. I still do. I don't hate it as much anymore because I don't care that much. But that's the weird thing. Also, my th- I have an extremely double-jointed thumb. Hmm. My right <laughs> eye doesn't work. I'm colorblind. My head is massive. I got a lot of physical things now that I kind of list them out. That's, that's, <laughs> that makes me special, not yeah. I mean, I'm special. I go with that. I'm okay with my tail. Amy has a tail. Eddie, uh, I just have vitiligo on my face, like little white spots on my chin. But that's that came later in life. I didn't have to deal with that as a kid, thank goodness. But as an adult, I'm like, whatever. It's part of me. Did kids make fun of you for anything as a, physically as a kid? No, I had big ears. I, I, I mean, I was hairy. You know, oh. so like a lot of kids, like Ninja Turtles and Splinter, the rat was big then, so they'd call me Splinter and like <laughs> stuff like that. But. Oh, man, kids are awful. <laughs> Ray, what was your, was your body weird? Well, I'm double-jointed, so I can bend all my fingers back for the video <gasps> here. Touch the oh, oh, my God. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's wow. Crazy. Yeah, I know. It's awesome. What a party trick. Ray can take the, his finger and bend it all the way back. Yeah. All uh. of them? Uh, for the most part. Oh, oh, man. oh, whoa, 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 whoa. oh I've man. never seen that before. <laughs> That's crazy. And then I also have a little piece of skin on top of my eyelid, so people always be like, oh, you have something in your eye. And I'm like, no, 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 it's a piece of skin that's just there. They're called styes. <laughs> your fingers are, di- are disgusting. I know. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Lunchbox? Well, it's hard to find something wrong with perfection, but the uh, <laughs> only thing that I can think of is I can't touch my shoulders. Like if <laughs> That's you just, huge. Yeah, yeah can. and I can't pat myself on the back. His so. arms won't touch. Can you do your opposite arm? Yeah, I can do my opposite arm. Like in elementary school, the teacher would always say, oh, pat yourself on the back. And I was so self-conscious because everybody would just take their right arm and pat their right shoulder. And I'd look around, make sure no one was looking. I'd take my right arm and pat my left shoulder because I couldn't do it. You ever seen him eat, too? Like he holds... I can't, yeah, he holds like the fork like a shovel. He can't. What What's happening there with your arm? I, I don't know. It's just the way I was born. It's hereditary because my grandpa can't do it. My dad can't put do it. Put your palms up. I can't, can't do it. He put can't palms put his th- palms in the air like right. flat, like, like give us money. Right, yeah, I can't do that. I have to turn my whole body to the side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's not joking. I know. I've tried to turn it. It won't turn. Morgan, you? Anything weird? No, I have a mole on top of my head that whenever I get my haircut or hairstylists have to do, it like catches on the comb. Oh. So oh. it like hurts a little bit, but Interesting. it's just there. It just exists. Nobody ever sees it. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, just imagine, just imagine you're a dude and you're running your hands through her hair and you get stuck on this nasty big mole. Oh. Lunchbox. That's disgusting. Yeah. Hey, thank you all for being vulnerable here. I was going to say nobody making fun of anyone, but then Morgan just took it. Morgan just took the brunt of it. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. This week on the show, a listener called in and asked us a really fun question. She asked Bobby if he had ever gotten starstruck, and it created this whole conversation about all of us confessing the times that we've been starstruck. And of course, I admitted those times for me were Shania Twain and Dolly Parton because, hello, they're icons. And everybody else had these really cool moments, a lot of them in country music because that's what we work in. Um, But, you know, there's so many other moments. So, Mike, I want to know who you have gotten starstruck over. 
I didn't get to meet him, but I got to see Post Malone in concert. Oh. And I was it was a very small show. He was doing this dive bar tour and I got to go see him. And just being in his presence, I was in awe. And I don't really get that with anybody. We see people perform all the time right there in the studio. We could touch them and we know those people. But seeing Post Malone that close is the closest I've been to that amount of starstruck. And I didn't even get to meet him. And you were just in like the, it was kind of being in his vibe. I mean, if that small of a setting, right? Yeah. And you see him right there and it's just knowing that this person who has created this music that you love, that you've been following for so long to be in the same room as you when he came out, it was like seeing some kind of like prolific creature or something for me. (laughs) So I was just in awe of his performance, his presence in general. And it was a crazy feeling. Well, and you've been a Post Malone stand for, gosh, I mean, as long as I've known you and longer than that. What was like the moment that this kind of all started? I mean, I was really there from the very beginning when he posted his first song on SoundCloud. He had a song called White Iverson that he posted and it went viral. And I was listening to it like this is something I've never really heard before. And just something about his message, about how he grew up and all that combined with his music I was all about him from the very early stages and I was telling like Bobby about him. Like, hey, you got to check out Post Malone. And it was maybe like a couple years after that song where everybody else started to, you know, understand him and get his music. And I was like, I was on this guy a long time ago. (laughs) It was the one artist that you can fully claim as your own. Yeah, that is the one. I I hear you. I feel that way about Sam Hunt for me because long before anybody ever started listening to him, I was vibing to House Party. I want to say, but when when it first dropped on iTunes and I was just scrolling through and I found it, Mm -hmm. it wasn't like a release song. It was just kind of like chilling at that point. And I was rocking out to it. And then all of a sudden it got put on the radio. I was like, no, no, everybody's going to know. There's a thing with that of like finding somebody so early on, you feel like you have this ownership over them and almost you, you want to see them succeed, but it's also like you have this piece that only you get to enjoy. Yes. Well, and you, you get like also too, when it, when it goes to the radio and it goes to all these people, it's posted and you hear all the time. It's not that like unique moment where you get to listen to it on repeat for yourself. Mm -hmm. Somebody else is repeating it for you. I think yeah. that's part of it, too. Yeah, that is, too. So there, there's that side of things. Um, but what also, too, what famous celebrity? I'm going to ask you, like, three questions. Okay. What famous celebrity would you love to have dinner with, go on an adventure with, or meet your family? And they can all be the same, or they can all be different. For dinner, I would say Adam Sandler. Oh, Because yeah. he seems like the most down-to-earth guy ever. Like he'll Yeah, that go, IHOP story? Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. He goes to IHOP, he goes plays random basketball games, and as big of a celebrity, as big of a movie star he is, he just seems like a normal guy that you could have over, and he wouldn't be, you know, s- snobby in any way that he would be really cool to hang out with. Yeah, no big ego. I don't get ego vibes from Adam Sandler. Yeah, he seems like a great guy that I would like to hang out with. Do you feel like he would be super sarcastic, though? I feel like he's one of those that you may not know when he's joking with you or not. I feel like that. I feel like he doesn't have the same demeanor that he does in movies. I don't think he's going to come in and be like crazy hilarious. No, not like Happy Gilmore. <laughs> yeah, he's going to come in pretty chilled out and probably have like a drier sense of humor. Yeah, and you're just going to be like, wait, 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 was that a joke? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, what about an adventure with? So one of my favorite shows growing up was Jackass. Oh, yeah. And I've been a big fan of Johnny Knoxville for a long time. And I think hanging out with him and going and doing something crazy 
would be like a dream come true. You do. And in the side room before, like we were recording this, we were talking about you being a pyro. I think people, something that people may not realize about Mike is that you have this kind of wild side that's a little tame. Yeah. Because of how quiet you are. Yeah. But I feel like if we let you, you would go off the walls of doing crazy random stunts. Yeah. It comes out in different ways. I think with me, my wild side comes out in the things I pitch for the show. And I make lunchbox do. (laughs) It's like I have these things that I would like to do, even from like the getting pepper spray thing that we did on the show. That was inspired by Jackass. (laughs) Like my whole thing of like having a fascination with um, safety equipment came from Jackass. And I think it was because I watched it as a kid so early on and I thought it was so cool and fun is why now as an adult, I have that wild side inside of me. If I'm relating the two, I do feel like some of your writing relates to that and that aspect. Like you write to that funny side and that very like, practical joker kind of aspect yeah so what is like the craziest few things that you've like wanted to do but like can't convince anybody to do well i've been working on some now that i'm trying to find a way to pitch and it's kind of i don't think they're dangerous but i just think that (laughs) i don't want to say what they are exactly but i don't think we can get them cleared See, that's the thing, too, about you is that they come in and yes. they're just a little bit off and you're like, my, my See, the thing is, I'll, come from? I'll have an idea and it makes perfect sense written down. But when you start to execute the plans, you're like, if somebody gets hurt at any point or if somebody gets upset at any point, we can't do this because I, I just have these big ideas that I would love to do. They make sense. But it's like the legalities of it. We don't want anybody getting hurt or sued. Oh, yeah, that, that sued part. Yeah, really that'll, that'll get you. I think I'd rather take a broken bone over me and sued. The other thing I've learned from Jackass is the, the thing about doing big pranks or elaborate stunts is I like they always bring it on themselves. And that's what I kind of bring on long to the show is like, I don't want to have fun at somebody else's expense, messing with somebody else and hurting their world. We want to do things that we're the basis of the joke. It's on yeah. us, like us doing it, making... Essentially, lunchbox do it is what I want to do. Yeah, when we do the spin the wheel and all of us have to do some ridiculous thing. Yeah, it's us. It's yeah. on us. Yeah, I'm very well aware lately. <laughs> yes, you've had to eat some <laughs> weird things lately. Yes, thank goodness, though, that neither one of us are going to be on the cicada wheel, though. Yes, That's our the... <laughs> our uh, dietary restrictions have come into <laughs> hand in that situation. I know, I got blasted a little bit on the internet for that. I was like, look, I've been on that spinning wheel every other time. I was willing to go to space. I ate the stink- stinkiest stink. I was about to say stink. Stinkiest. Stinkiest fruit. I ate the watermelon and mustard. So nobody can tell me that I don't try to do things. It's just I physically don't want to vomit if I don't have to. Well, you actually wanted to go to space, right? I did. I would love to go to space. And I still want to go to space. Yeah, I would want to go too. I feel like I feel like too, that's like our like side of our personalities that that connect a lot in that way because yours doesn't get to come out that often. But when it does, you and I are both like, yeah, we'd do that. Yeah, I like to experience things to later be able to say that I did it. And I think going to space would be one of those things. Like, who gets to go and see the world from that far a distance, experience things that you would never experience otherwise? I would want to go. I I would argue that you and I are both very much about life's adventures. Yes. That's a good way of putting it, right? Yeah, that's a good way, yeah. And I think you're, you're, God, I was about to say your girlfriend. You're now (laughs) wife. Yeah. Do you feel like she's that way or do you provide that in your guys' relationship? Oh, I think I provide that. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of like, hey, let's do this. And she's like, okay, I'll try it with you. But yeah, I have to push her a little bit with those kind of things. Is there anything that you're like afraid of? Do you have any fears? Uh, I don't want to reveal my real fears because there's one of them I have that 
it's a weird fear, and if everybody on the show finds out, they'll make me do something with it. So I've Ooh. never revealed that oh, one. Oh, <laughs> Mike, you have to tell me now. Okay. You know how many times we've talked about like our fears? Okay. You have the, to do That's this. why the question never comes to me, because I know it when I reveal it. This thing is going to show up the next okay, week. Okay, I, I need to know it now. I am deathly afraid of chickens. Chickens? Chickens. And I'll tell you why. Okay. So as a kid, every single Christmas and summer, my family would go to Mexico and my, not the nice part of Mexico, it's not Cancun or anything, it's the middle of nowhere, Mexico, you live on a dirt farm, essentially. Nothing there. My grandma had a lot of chickens, and in order to go to the bathroom in Mexico, there's no running water, so you just have to go outside. So at night, I would wake up in the middle of the night, have to go to the bathroom, I'd go outside, and I'd walk under this tree, and at night, all the chickens would go to sleep in this tree. So we'd have to walk under that tree with all the chickens, and they're all just there, and sometimes they poop on you. Sometimes they come down and chase you. And I was always deathly afraid of chickens from that point on. And every time we would go to Mexico, I would be afraid of the chickens. <laughs> I would get chased by them and just freaked out by them. They're flapping. It's Everything just creeped me out about them. I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to laugh at your fear, but I'm picturing you in this moment, like yeah. running from chickens and you're in the middle of the night just having to pee. Yeah, it was terrible. So ever since then, I've always had this fear of chickens just like attacking me or chasing me in any kind of form. Oh my gosh. Okay, yeah, but I, I don't even know what we would do around Oh, a they bit would probably be like, hey, Scuba, bring a chicken on Tuesday. We're going to have Mike carry so it. Even being around one yeah, it gives me you out. that fear. Yep. So a lot like Lunchbox with snakes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Does, does it make you laugh? Like, and you're like, when you say like chicken out loud, you're like, mm, that's kind yeah, of, that's I, kind of I know it's a ridiculous fear and I know there's, there's nothing about them that would hurt you in any way. Well, but I, I think everybody's fears are ridiculous, right? Yeah. I mean, we're all afraid for some reason or another and they're not really valid. They're kind of irrational thinking yeah. and that's why we have those irrational thinking. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird thing. So, okay. Well, I'll, I I won't give anything away and you can ask right now for the B teamers to not oh, give they're you gonna away. Post about it on the B team Facebook page. Bobby's going to see it and there's going to be a chicken in here. <laughs> well, 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 you can make your request right now for them not to do <laughs> okay, that. Okay. Please don't do want. that. Cause I'm going to find out all of your fears <laughs> and we're going to come to your house. We, it, it turns into the fear factor. Yes. On the Bobby <laughs> I mean, I think most of us all have fears of a, an animal, so I have a feeling that could turn into something. Yeah, animal fear factor. Yeah, I mean, mine's spiders, lunchboxes and snakes, yours is chickens. I have a feeling that everybody has an animal. Yeah, I think so. Ugh. <laughs> not, and all enough. easy animals to obtain is the sad part. Oh, yeah, they're they're not hard. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, before we, we went on this, though, the last one, what what famous celebrity would you want to meet your family? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I would want like a famous movie star to meet my family. And I would probably say Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, yeah. And that'd be mainly as a ploy to get him to have dinner with us. <laughs> I just think he would be a cool dinner guest, mainly because I just like listening to the way he talks. And it would just be pretty awesome to be able to sit down with him. What's your favorite Leo movie? Ooh, I would probably have to say... Oh, that's a hard one. He has so many good movies. I mean, I really liked Inception for a long time, and I thought that was my favorite movie for a while. I'd probably go Inception. I'm trying. I think I've seen that one. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. I mean, you I, could always go like Titanic. There's no yeah. real wrong. I, I don't feel like he makes a bad movie. Is the thing? No, and I still haven't watched The Revenant. Okay, that's because a good of the one. bear thing. Um, 
but I do, I think his best acting is in Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. I know it's like a really controversial movie with some people, but like when he is on drugs, yeah, on drugs and quotes, <laughs> and he like crawls out of the Lambo, I'm like, the fact that he did that and he was totally sober just on his own, I'm like, how? How? The fact that somebody's that good of an actor yeah, will forever blow my mind. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, he's been acting since he was a kid. And to see, I was watching this thing the other day of like his test screening from when he was a kid. He had it then. There's something just about certain people like, man, they could be that great of an actor from an early age. It's amazing. That creative part of their brain just turns on and never turns off. Yep. I do feel that way. Okay, Leo, I feel that. I don't know that I have an adventure buddy part of me wants my adventure buddy to be um ryan reynolds because of deadpool oh yeah i just feel like he is that person in real life i feel like he's pretty close to that yeah, yeah. like that's why he's so good at that role it's because that's who he is in real life yeah. him and blake lively just kind of have that lifestyle together so i feel like going on an adventure with ryan reynolds would just make me laugh for 24 hours that's a good one that's the only one that i think i mean dinner with my my family would hang out with anybody my mom would love it to be Keith Urban. She's obsessed with him. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's her, that's her like, person. And then my dad would love Reba. Reba. Yeah. I bet she would be great. Oh. Bring over corn dogs. Could you imagine <laughs> Reba at a family dinner? Like, she would be perfect. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, I love her. Okay. And so many good ones. We could be here all day talking about all of them. But you can listen now to hear about the times that each of us on the show got starstruck by a celebrity, you know, and we go on some other stories, too. Number five. Angela in Kentucky is on the phone. Angela, what's going on? I was wondering, since uh, Chris Young and Kane Brown have the song about famous friends, do you ever get starstruck by anyone? Because you know uh, a lot of famous people. Starstruck. The people I get starstruck by now are the people that I thought was a star when I was a kid. Like, honestly, my life now has taken a weird turn where... I I went from somebody in a trailer park to now I get to hang out and do really cool things. And so it's not lost on me. And I'm always in this weird place, too. Like, how much do I share? Because I would share it all with you. But then people go, oh, look, he's changed. He's all fancy pants. Well, I'm trying to walk this line the right way. That's I want you guys to actually experience my life with me because, listen, I wasn't there was no privilege for me. Like, I kind of figured this out with you guys. And so I want to share it with you, but I don't want to share too much. But that being said, who do I get starstruck by? Once I got on an airplane and sat between Barry Switzer, who was the Oklahoma head football coach, was from Arkansas, played on the Arkansas National Championship team, and Eddie Sutton. And I sat between them on the Southwest Airlines flight. Completely starstruck. That, because to me, that's crazy. <laughs> I have a friend named Quinn Grovey, who's a buddy now, but he was quarterback of the Arkansas Razorbacks when I was like 9 and 10 years old in the Southwest Conference. I get starstruck. Eddie met him at a foot, Razorback football I've game. I've seen you geek over him. And yeah. I was like, there's Quinn Grovey! And Eddie's like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> So it's always people <laughs> from my childhood that I geek out over. The first time I met Garth Brooks, obviously. Yes. Um, when when the nut came in. Chestnut. Oh. Yeah. Mark Chestnut. When Mark Chestnut came in. <laughs> well, I was like, holy cow. So for me, Angela, that's what it is, is that it's people that I felt. Because honestly, famous people now are probably, you know, in worse shape than normal folks are. You just don't know it. You know, they're going through the same struggle, that's sometimes right. more. Um, but I appreciate that question. That's a really good question. Thanks for asking that. All right. Well, it was good talking to you. Who's the most person, who's the most starstruck you've ever been, Amy? Oh, man. Probably Amy Grant's up there mm-hmm. when she came in. Because, the why? Time. Why? Well, because, because she I was a, you were a yeah, kid. She was my first concert that I ever went to, mm-hmm. and I just loved her music. So now meeting her as an adult, it's crazy. 
Eddie? Garth Brooks, even when he comes in still to this day, like I just stare at him like, oh my gosh, that's freaking Garth Brooks. Yeah, you should stop that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, should, you, you know, Breathe. just the staring thing. <laughs> a little awkward, yeah. yeah. Lunchbox? Johnny Bananas. When I met him at the bar, I was just like in awe, just so freaked out. And I geeked, just just kept diary of the mouth, just telling him everything. And I didn't let him talk. <laughs> and it was just so awkward. And then I think I kind of scared him. But yeah. Isn't it weird? Because you would have no idea who Quinn Grovey is. Uh, no. I and I have no idea who Johnny Bananas is. Right. Like, if I saw him, I'd be like, hey, there's a guy, you know? And it's also like everybody can find a little bit of whatever this fame thing is now. Just get a bunch of Instagram followers and be specialize in bananas or, you know, slam poetry. and Or then people will start to follow you and think you're famous and they see you in a store. I was with Amy once at a some kind of organic restaurant in California, and some woman walks in, and Amy's like, oh, my goodness, that's Kathy Johnston. And I'm like, okay. Who's Kathy Johnston? <laughs> no, it was Kimberly Snyder, and I used to be obsessed <laughs> with her smoothies, and I followed her on Instagram, and I felt like I knew her, but I'd never, and I'd read some of her books, and then I there she was in person, and I did kind of— And kinda, I think I went up to her because you yes, wouldn't? Yes, yes, and Bobby said, hi, my friend is a fan. Can she get a picture? So then we took a picture with her, and— <laughs> And Amy's still embarrassed right now. It, yeah. But she didn't want to talk to her. Uh-huh. I thought it was, uh, I was like, she's just a person. She's in back in the kitchen. Yeah. Morgan, who are you starstruck by? It was Shania Twain, but that's because it was on my first day working for the show, and y'all brought Shania Twain in, who is like my idol, and I'm sitting there like, this is not happening to me right now. Morgan's day one. She's like, well, yeah. this is normal. <laughs> Shania comes in. Yeah, that's cool, huh? Yeah, that was a really cool moment. Shania Twain and Dolly Parton probably are the two that I really was starstruck over. Dolly, oh, yeah. too. Dolly comes in. Oh, yeah. That's and again, crazy. I'm so jaded now. I've, I've done like seven things with Dolly. And she's the best all the time. And so now I'm just like, hey, Dolly, what's up? But the first couple of times, I'm just like, this is nuts because me at seven years old wouldn't get to ever meet Dolly Parton. But yeah, Dolly, Dolly and Garth are two people, though, that are even better in person than you would think they would be. And you would already have high expectations on them both. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, and and I was, Reba. Mm-hmm. Reba's the same way. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. awesome. Garth is impressive when you see him interact with people because he will stop and come over to your set, like wherever you are. Like he came around the studio and he'll go from like desk to desk and be like, hey, how's it going? Like, you know, and it's, he doesn't, we have brand new artists that don't even take the time to do that. <laughs> Here's the difference. You ready for this? Yes. Brand new artists are usually not near as nice as people have already made it. And I mean brand new, like artists with a hit, a hit. If you're brand, brand new, you're just sucking up trying to get anybody to play your song. Oh, yeah. But once you get that first hit, you start to get a little cocky. And you also start to wonder, all right, is this, am I going to make it? Like, it, this is, so I got to really present myself as someone that's a star. I got I to gotta act like a star. And what we've been taught is stars come in and like divas and they demand stuff. And so... Garth Brooks is someone who has made it. He knows he has nothing to prove. There's a reason Tim McGraw gets here 20 minutes early. Yeah. He has nothing to prove. He's just a guy that's going to get here. He's made it. He made it for a reason. Sure, I'll be early. I'll hang out. No problem. But you get, let's call him Simon Wilson. Simon Wilson comes in. He's got one, maybe two hits. He's still trying to prove himself. I'm a star. People need to treat me like a star. So I might be five minutes late. I might say I need this or that. It's like soap opera actor versus major star. Oh, yeah. And so... until you kind of break that next level, you go from super nice when you're young and no hits to kind of, you know, D-bag early, <laughs> then then really cool again. That's kind of the cycle. And I've seen some of my friends do that. Heck, I've probably done that. You know, where I was like, oh, anybody? And then I'm like, oh, look at me. And now I'm like, who cares? Let's all go. 
Uh, Raymundo, anybody ever been starstruck by? Steven Tyler when he came in studio. That's a great one, too. Yeah. Me, too. Also so nice. Me, too. He came in. I was like, I have a picture of him talking to me in studio. And I'm like, this is crazy. I could talk to lead singer Barrow Smith. And he talks how he sings. He sure does. Ow! <laughs> hey, nice to meet you. Ow! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, Angela, hope you have a great day. Thank you for calling the show. Thanks. You too. All right. Bye-bye. That's a good one, huh? Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you, guys. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. Another guest we had on the show this week was Luke Combs. He came on talking about everything he's been up to lately. Plus, he also told us when we can expect some new music and Something that happens to him when he writes a lot of songs that you don't think it would happen to Luke Combs. So check out this interview and go watch it at bobbybones.com after you listen to it. Number four on the Bobby Bones Show now. Luke Combs. Luke, how are you, dude? Good, man. How are you? Doing pretty good. How I was uh, watching your Instagram. You were in the studio. I didn't hit the volume up. Because I think I was at a place where I couldn't listen. But I saw you singing in studio. You're in like a dark t-shirt. You had some uh, papers in front of you on a music stand. I'm assuming that's for the new record you're recording right now? Definitely, yeah. When you go in and you got all these songs, do you feel like, because your first two records have been monsters, do you feel like, hey, we got to beat that? Or is it like, we just got to get to where I am creatively right now? Like, what's the goal with the next project? I think it's a little bit of both, you know. I mean, obviously, you want to, you know, you want everything to be better than the last thing. Um so I guess there is a little bit of pressure in that sense, but I also just want it to be what I want it to be in a lot of ways, you know, like I want it to, you know, match the songs that I've written for this thing. So I think it's trying to find a balance of both. Did you do the thing where, you know, you pretty much have the whole record ready and then you wrote something like the day before and you're like, wow, this one's got to go on the record. I mean, yeah, I've, I've been known to do that and I definitely have done that. Um, recently man but we can't say that because then everybody every title trying to be right you know we'll trying to get a date like right before i go in you know <laughs> everyone will be like oh well he just likes it more because it's new <laughs> you know so they'll be trying to get trying to get their day switched to like right the day before i go in the studio you know are there any songs that will go on the new project that you had and that you didn't put on you know the first couple records no, there won't there won't be anything that's like a like like leftover stuff. Um it'll be stuff that I've written it's all stuff that I've written since those came out, you know. Um barring the deluxe of the most recent album. There's some stuff that I wrote before the deluxe of the most recent album that I feel like didn't fit that particular thing. Um but yeah, everything's is pretty much new. Luke Combs is on with us right now. So let's say you write a whole bunch of songs for the first record or the second record and you didn't cut them. Now, do you end up just releasing them into the wild to go, hey, if anyone wants to cut this, I wrote it, you can? Man, I have, but I haven't had a lot of takers on that, to be honest with you, man. And I feel like I got some stuff that's pretty solid, you know, because I can only put out so many songs. Um, But I don't know, sometimes people, I feel like maybe people think – and rightly, rightfully so, maybe they think like, well, if he's not cutting it, well, then maybe it's not good enough or something, which is not necessarily the case. You know, I just have sometimes I just have really great songs that don't necessarily fit what I'm trying to do. And I would love for somebody else to do them, you know. When you cut the demos, will you sing them or do you let another one of the writers sing them so they don't get leaked? 
No, I sing. I usually sing them 90% of the time. I, I just sing. They, I mean, usually nobody has them but me and the and the writers. So if they get leaked, I know who to call anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, I was watching the Forever After All video and uh, you cry in the video. Did you know beforehand you were going to cry? Because I'm worried about this with me. I'm, I, I'm getting married coming up. Did you know beforehand you were probably going to cry or was it just like a wave of emotion? <sighs> Man, I was, I was honestly like i was like man what if i don't cry like i almost had more anxiety about that like i was like what would that say about me as a guy if i didn't cry you know what i mean and not that i tried to because i was thinking like man i i was like man I, if i don't cry then like you know am i gonna if people are gonna think i'm like you know this like cold guy but yeah it was really just like a rush of emotion thing like it wasn't like man i'm definitely gonna cry it just happened you know, it was like so not unexpected because I think people ex kind of expect you to cry in that moment. But I was, yeah, it was just like a wave of the second I saw her, it was just a crazy did rush you, of emotion. Did you write your own vows? We didn't. We did not, man. We went, uh, I know that was probably surprising, um, but we didn't, man. You know, we just went with the standard thing. Let me ask you this, and I'll, I'll stop with me taking advice about a wedding. But what's the one thing that you spent money on at the wedding where you're like, you know, I don't think we need to spend that much money on this at the wedding. I don't know, man. Like we, man, I think it was like, I mean, I think the thing that you'll, the food was just for everyone else, really. Like we didn't really get to eat that much at all because you're like doing stuff all day, you know? And then you're like, oh, everyone's like, man, the food was so good. And then you kind of realize that you didn't really have much food at all. You had like one bite of one thing. So obviously you need the food for everyone else so that you can't really take that advice. But that was the one thing that you're like, man, it's so expensive. And I really didn't get to have any of it either. So on with Luke Combs, uh, last time I saw you, we were both at the finale of American Idol. I guess we saw each other briefly. You're walking down the hall and um, yeah. you, you go up and you sing with Chase and you crush it. And my fiance was there and she was like, she had asked this question. She goes, when Luke started out, did he start out as the guy who just wanted to go and represent everybody and wear what he's wearing on stage all the time? Or did he just get successful so quick and he's like, wow, this is already working. Let's just keep at it. Like, was it was it the plan or was it kind of thrust upon you because it was already working? No, I think it was the plan. You know, it was always to to be kind of just like, man, you wear the same thing. And I don't know, you know, like I, I've always just kind of enjoyed that. It, it, it makes it easy for me you know, to have to go, well, this is what I'm going to wear tonight. You just change the boots and the hat most of the time. And sometimes you don't even change the hat. You just wear different boots or jeans or something, you know? And so I don't know. I just always like that, man. I like people. I try to make it as like as less about me as possible. Is that as weird as that sounds, you know, like I want it to be about the songs and the music and the show. And, you know, like I've never wanted to be like a me, me, me guy, like, you know, look at me kind of thing. And so I think the outfit is kind of, is just part of that thing. Like, I just want to, to people to like my music really, you know what I mean? I saw Darius on his Instagram, like, Hey, I need some, some Crocs, some Luke Combs Crocs. And he got some. And so I just wonder in your house, are, is there just like a closet full of Crocs of all sizes that you can just send out to your buddies? I wish man, because I get a lot of requests for those things and they're just, they're like gone, you know, like people are like, you can get more. Right. And I'm like, no, I really, I can't, it's <laughs> not anymore to be had, you know, like I don't even wear my pair cause I'm worried that they'll get all like dirty and stuff. And then I like, I won't even have a pair left anymore, you know?
Uh, Luke Combs on with us. You're playing two shows in Orange Beach, Alabama, July 3rd and 4th. These will be your first headlining shows since February of last year. So are you already thinking about what you're going to start the whole show with? Is that a bigger deal now since you haven't had a show in a long time, like a real one? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've had a a few conversations about, you know, what's going to be on the screens and what's the set list going to be. Cause I think we have, I mean, three or four, like number one songs that we've never played for an audience before, you know, which is like, so we've got to kind of retool the set like based around that. Cause obviously those are songs that you can't skip now. And so we've got to figure out, we're getting to the point where there's not many spots in the set for like, stuff that we normally don't do which we like to do that we like to go oh well here's a song off the first album that we don't play a lot we'll play that one tonight you know so there's less of those spots now so figuring out what's going to be in those spots is kind of is kind of the challenge of that whenever you play a song and it's like the opening riff or the beginning before you sing which song that you've been able to play live gets the loudest pop from the crowd Man, I mean, Hurricane's hard to beat just because of that SIG riff, you know, like on the top of it is like so big and like recognizable. And it was my first single, but I know there's not even an intro to, I mean, when it rains, it pours is up there. Like it just comes in as like cold vocal before the music even starts. And that one gets, I mean, people get pretty wild about that one too, but I guess we'll see, man. I guess maybe things have changed in the last 16 months. I don't know. How meticulous is the single picking process now? Um, I think it's just kind of an instinct thing, really. It's like, you know, you have this stuff, you go in and record it, and you think, well, man, I, you know, 90% of the time, I feel like we have a pretty good grip of what people are going to love. And then, you know, there is that 10% of the time where I get really surprised. I'm like, man, I really thought they were going to love this song, and they and they didn't. Or I didn't think they would love this song as much, and they do. So you also have to be willing to – listen to the fans because they're the ones that at the end of the day, really, you know, they're the ones that really pick what the single is based off of, you know, what they like the most and what they're most engaged with. And, you know, we try, we try to, um, you know, get songs on the radio that, that we think people want to hear on there. I'm going to ask you one final question about, you know, the next bit of new music. Like when do we get to hear something more than just on Instagram? Like, give me, give me a nugget here. Yeah, man. I mean, we're, we're kind of, I'm going into the studio one more time and uh, we should be done, you know, by then I think, you know, we're going in and this month, I mean, I guess it's June now. Um, and so we're, we're going in this month to do some more stuff and, you know, once we get all those sorted, I don't know, I'll give, I'm like fall probably I would hope may, you know, I guess it all just depends on, you know, obviously there's some strategy involved in, in that release date, but I think it's, it's probably fall, I would hope. So are you saying there'll be another single from this, or are you done until the new record after this one? I, I think I think there's probably going to have to be. Okay. You want to say what that is or no? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know yet. I hadn't got that far. All right. I think you have, but that's okay. You can withhold information. <laughs> Just remember, eventually it's all going to come back, and I'm going to have something to do them. Yeah, it's all right. Luke, good to talk to you, Buck. Congratulations, and I'll uh, see you yes, soon. Sir. Thanks, buddy. Bye-bye. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. 
We always come up with some really fun segments on the show, and that is a lot to do with Mike D. I have a feeling he's the one who came up with this, too. It's hobby in a hat. So everybody had to put their hobby in, and then we had to draw it out. And so for a week, we all have to try out one of the other show members' hobbies. Yeah. And you came up with this, right, yeah. Meg? From a thing that Amy has in her fascination with birds. Yes, which is a great idea, though, because honestly, as an adult, I feel like as I've gotten older, I don't have a lot of hobbies. Like, I kind of had to start forcing myself to find hobbies. I feel like everybody had that issue coming up with the list. Like, what are my hobbies now? Well, even in the pandemic, when you're sitting there by yourself and you're like, uh... I don't have anything to do. What do I do now? <laughs> yeah, like when you stop hanging out with your friends, you can't see your family, and you can't go out to eat, and you can't drink. Those are like the four things that majority of a lot of people do, right? Yeah. Or like go to coffee if you don't drink. So you're sitting there and you can't do these things when like people have hobbies. They can do stuff at home. Yeah. <laughs> you had a, few, a lot of people at home that were like, I got to start figuring out some new hobbies. And that's what I did. I was like, I got to start figuring out what my hobbies are because this is not a good sign for me in my adult life. <laughs> Did you did you go through that at all? Like kind of an identity crisis during the pandemic? Yeah, a little bit. I was just like, what do I do with this extra free time that I have that I was normally like spending in traffic or something? <laughs> right. Okay, so you hadn't put in a hobby, but what hobby would you put in? And like maybe what strange hobby do you have that others may not know about you? The one I would have put in that everybody would have hated was running. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. nobody likes to run, but that's really become my go-to exercise and my go-to hobby because... I don't just like running for like the physical health part. It literally clears my brain and helps me kind of reset. I feel like it's kind of like a therapy for me. I'll go and run. And during that time, I'm not bothered by anything. I get to clear my head. Uh, a lot of the time I think of bits for the show while I'm running. So that's kind of my thing that I do. I go run. I feel better afterwards and I'm ready to kind of finish my day. And how many times, like how many miles do you typically run when you go? I'll usually do anywhere from like six to eight on a normal day. Yeah. So this, you're not like a short runner. Either. Yeah. <laughs> this is like a long distance running situation. Have yeah. you ever done any marathons? I have done one marathon. Okay. And I'll never do one again. Never ever. No, I trained for like six months getting ready for it just to prove to myself that I could do it because I couldn't run maybe six years ago. I could barely walk a mile and I started exercising mainly through running because it was free I could just go outside and start running. So I literally started running a mile at about like a 15, 16 minute pace when I first started because I was 120 pounds heavier than I was now. And through that, I was like getting a little bit better and better each time that I would go out. I would try to add like five more minutes and eventually got up to that mile. And I was like, you know what? If someday I could run a marathon, that would kind of be my dream come true. So I lost that weight and then I started training and I did it. And it was really hard. I missed the turn point at one part of the marathon, like the halfway point. So I had to do an extra mile, but I ended up finishing it and it was crazy. By the end of it, I could barely see straight. I don't remember crossing the finish line. They had to take me off in a wheelchair oh. and give me some salt to kind of like build up my electrolytes back up. I remember, I think at one point, I FaceTimed Bobby. I felt drunk, basically, when I finished the marathon. Well, was, yeah, because it sounds like you were, like, severely dehydrated. I was dehydrated because the problem I had was I didn't want to drink water during it because I was thought, I thought maybe I would have to pee. So all the watering stations, I would just pass them. Oh, And then no. towards the end, about mile 20, I was about to die. <laughs> so I was dehydrated and just discombobulated and didn't know what was going on. So, yeah, that was intense, but I did it. So pro tip for anybody who's going to be doing a marathon, don't skip the water stations. Don't skip the water stations, yes. And wear comfortable shoes. 
and uh, nice clothes. And so you don't end up acting drunk, basically. Yeah, basically. (laughs) So looking back, I mean, just like you said, you've come this whole way in six years. Do you ever just kind of look back and be like, you know, you just feel differently about you than you did now? Like, what is that thought process for you and looking back on what your life was like then compared to now with your health? Yeah, it's weird to look back at like, old pictures of me and not recognizing myself, but not just like how I kind of live my life then, but just how if you really put your mind towards something and you really want to change your life, you can do it. And it was hard for me to, you know, attempt to lose weight so many times and fail so many times. And it was like, I just, I want to have that feeling and be able to do it. So it was knowing that I was able to have a goal, stick with that goal and reach that goal that really kind of changed me and it kind of translated from just my lifestyle to like my work and everything else like I think from that point on everything else started getting better because I applied the same thing I did to trying to lose weight to my career and I think it yeah it changed me do you have any like really special tips that you feel like if somebody was in a similar situation could help them kind of kick start that because it is the the hardest part about health and fitness is that consistency mm-hmm. and, and sticking to it. I mean, I see you stick to your diet all the time and I'm like, man, I wish I had that like consistency to, to stick to what you do every day. So if somebody was trying to do that, what would you tell them? I would say set a goal because if you're just going into it with no real plan, you're going to fall off. You're not going to hold true to anything if you don't have a goal, whether it's wanting to fit into a certain type of clothing, whether it's I don't really pay attention to the scale anymore. I kind of threw that away. But if some people do, you can set a number goal. But I think it's more about what you feel. But set a goal. And then also don't start everything all at once. I think that's why I failed so many times in the beginning. Because I was like, all right, I'm not going to eat this kind of food. I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to do all these things to change at once. Work it in little by little. Make little changes that you can kind of snowball on. Because that's going to be like less of a shock to your body. Less of a shock mentally. Because if you do it all at once, you're like, this sucks. I can't eat the foods I want and I have to <laughs> exercise. I'm tired and sore. All You're going to quit within a month. Yeah. That burnout for yeah. sure. And just know that it's not going to happen overnight. Like have that long goal in your mind and just don't stop until you reach it. I like that. I'm going to end on motivational because I feel very motivated, <laughs> even though it makes me really sad when I'm eating a donut and I shouldn't be. <laughs> I see Mike not having a donut because he's doing great on all of his. <laughs> But here is talking about us and hobbies and all of us putting them in a hat. And, you know, we're getting them chosen. You'll see who ends up with what. And it gets a little weird. Number three. This hat has everyone's hobby in it. Or at least a hobby they want to share with the show. And so you'll draw someone else's hobby and you have to do it for a week. Oh, boy. So it's 20 minutes a day for five days. You got to do their hobby. Okay? Okay. I will draw first. You better hope you get birds. Everyone has put in their hobby. We know what Amy's is. It's birds. <laughs> I have drawn. Mm. Oh, no. What is his hobby? I oh, don't even yeah. know. Oh, oh. oh, you saw it? Oh, oh my gosh. No. You probably get to nap or something. This is amazing. No. Oh, it's okay. I have drawn Lunchbox's hobby. Yeah! Oh. Let's go! Where I have to watch Teen Mom. Oh, yeah! no! <laughs> watch an episode a day. How, how long is Teen Mom? 30 and or an hour? It's an hour, but if you want to do it, it, you can do Teen Mom or 16 and Pregnant, whichever I'll one. I'll do Teen Mom. It's written here. I'll do it in 20 minute chunks yes. for five days. Wow. I'll do Teen Mom. That's terrible, man. It's terrible. 
<laughs> so what we'll do is we'll do Sunday, Monday. We'll do Sunday on. So do it on Sunday so we have to talk about it on Monday. Okay. I cannot believe I have to watch Teen Mom. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> That's your hobby, huh, Lunch? All right. It's Amy, show, man. lift it up over your head. Okay. Draw one out of there. Read who it is first. Okay. <laughs> Raymundo. And his hobby is? Watch the Weather Channel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Yay. Oh, That's boy. awesome. That's brutal. Oh, boy. I mean, I guess. Ray, you like to watch the Weather Channel? I really do. My dad used to do it when I was a kid, and it I guess passed it on to me. I really enjoy it, and especially when the storms start coming in different parts of the country. It's fascinating. All right, next up, Eddie. All right, give me that hat. Eddie will draw. There are still a few of us left here. And by the way, there's I, I'm not short of hobbies, by the way. I don't have a lot of time in my life, but we're going to do this. <laughs> yeah, four kids. Here we hobby. go. Bobby! Bobby's hobby is listening to Razorback Daily. What is Razorback Daily? It's my favorite podcast. Oh that comes my on goodness. every day. No. What are they talking about? Just Razorback Any, sports? Anything in Razorback <laughs> land. It could be baseball. It could be oh. gymnastics, oh softball. Oh, gosh. All right. So every day. It's about a 20-minute episode a day. <laughs> you have to listen to the Razorback Daily. Hey, who knows? Maybe I'll become a big hog fan after this. Lunchbox, you're up. I don't know who's left. So I'm left. Oh, God. You're lucky. Come on, Amy. I hope it's birds. Please oh, let it be man, Amy and the birds. Let it be me. Then I'll, all right, here we go. I got it. Lunchbox is drawing a hobby. He will. What is it? Who is it? He Amy, you have to feed birds <laughs> in your backyard. <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah. should probably get him some sort of like yeah, I can junior get, varsity I, bird feeder and I some get, bird feed. Yeah. I, have, I can bring him all the supplies he will need, and then you including come in, a bird chart. And you give us, at the end of the week, give us like a bird minute. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Lunchbox, right. this is going to be the you best thing like for it. you. You're going to love it. Sure, sure. This is the hobby hat. Let's go over to Morgan number two. Morgan, you have drawn. <laughs> Eddie's. What are you, a five-year-old? I have to do diamond art. You're welcome. Ah! You're so, going to love it. So what's diamond art? So dime, they come with little diamond beads or whatever, and it's basically like paint by number, but with little diamond beads. So you can pick Morgan number two, whatever you want to create, and it's going to be beautiful. Are you going to get her the diamonds? Sure. Okay. Sure. And finally, Raymundo, last one. It is Morgan number two. Boxing. Oh, he has to go box. Oh, that's cool. Every day. Let's go. Give me some gloves. I'll box lunch right now. <laughs> I think he can just even like shadow box it. He can put some gloves on like at his home. house. And well, and at my apartment, I have a bag. I just need some gloves though. Oh, that's cool. But her we little can girl, make that happen. your little girly gloves ain't gonna fit these right here. Okay. These are sausage hands. Okay, man. big guy. Ew. What? Oh, which part sausage of that was gross? Hands? It seemed like a lot of that little girly, big guy, sausage <laughs> hands. Like, all those could have been interpreted as creepy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all. Okay, we, starting Sunday, we'll do everything for 20 minutes a day. We'll come on with a quick report each day, okay? All right. Eddie, I hope you enjoyed the Razorback Daily. Whoopee. It is the one thing I have to listen to every single day. Man. Some people listen to this show. I listen to Razorback all Daily right. every single day. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. Coming in at number two, this one was definitely something you had to watch online at bobbybones.com if you haven't. But Raimundo and Lunchbox went up against each other in trying to crush a watermelon with their thighs. And I'll tell you, somebody got it. Somebody didn't. Somebody got it twice. I mean, 
a lot happened during the segment and we all laughed, right, Mike? I mean, it was a great segment. Oh, it was hilarious. I left the room laughing after this. Yes, but it is all about the visuals. So once you hear this back and you hear everything happening, I promise you it is worth going to watch it a second time to see their reactions and how this all went down. And they made some money off of it, too. That's nice. Number two. We built a stage over here. And on the stage, we've got towels, we've got trash bags, and we've got two big watermelons. And so Raymundo and Lunchbox will walk into the studio now, and we will see if you guys can smash this watermelon with your thighs. We're talking about it on the show because there was a world record set by someone. They did a bunch of them. I said, hey, I'll give you guys some cash. So Raymundo, if you can do it, it's 75 bucks. Lunchbox, if you can do it, it's 100. Yeah, yeah. Raymundo, you're up first. Since you were the first one to be called onto the carpet here. Here he comes. I would say these are pretty average to large watermelons. That's good. Yeah. They're not too big. Yeah, but they're not small. But they're not oh. small. Oh. Ray, which watermelon oh. would you like? Uh, this one right here. Let's go, man. Why are you sitting on the ground? I thought that's what we're supposed to do. <laughs> no, you stand so, uh, up and you do it. Oh, I... I think you can do it however you want, but I think... Anyways, uh, the expert way to do it is sitting down, okay. y'all. All and right. uh, this is also, a, as a wrestler, this is your strongest position, so... Hmm. Taking you back to your wrestling in high school days? Yeah, I mean, this is actually just a person, I'm imagining. There was a lot of times um, where I would pin people just with my legs, not even using my arms. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dead serious. I mean, I don't know how I could just make that up. I wish that I already... The world record holder did sit down and do it. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. If you're standing up, I feel like, uh, I don't know, I feel like you might even go to the bathroom on yourself. <laughs> like, if you're in that position, that's probably not the best thing to do. Are you ready? What? I'm ready. Is, there, is it timed? Well, we're not going to sit here all day. Okay. <laughs> I think I think you're going to tap out if it starts to hurt or you're going to get exhausted. Look at his little feet. They're crossed. Like, is that a move? Like, what size shoe do you wear there? It's like... Ten. No, be honest. Ten. Ten. Yeah, right. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's like an eight and a half. That's like a three. <laughs> All right. No, it's not a three. Okay. okay. Ray, 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 Ray. That's at least a nine. Ray, you are a nine. Don't you? Size ten. Oh, look so, in that tongue. UK nine, US ten. Mm-hmm. So eat it. Okay. <laughs> uh, Raymundo is on the ground. <laughs> he has a watermelon between his thighs. This is for seventy-five dollars okay. in cold hard cash. I'm gonna go like this. Actually. All right. Okay. Okay, ready. Three. Just pretend that watermelon. One, go. Oh, he's going to get it. Oh, no, he's not going to get it. Guys, this is going to explode everywhere. That does look like a wrestling move. It's something like, I tried tried to do like the figure eight, and then you just got to do it like. Yeah. Go. Oh, it's actually. Okay, hold on. I'm going to give you one minute to do whatever you want, but we're going to time it. Here we go. And go. Yeah, I'm liking this side better. Go ahead. You You just lock it. He might do this. You lock it. Yeah, he might do this. I felt some stuff on the inside gurgling, so I'm just locking it, and then I'm going to twist like it's a person. Come on, Ray. Oh, Oh, I hear it. Oh, he's so close. Did you guys hear it? Yes. Yes. This thing's ready to eat when it comes out, I'm telling you right now. Ray, did you ever kill anyone when you wrestled? (laughs) Man. Hey, ambulances were called. Let's go. (laughs) Okay, here we go. He's doing it again. Well, I got time left? You have 35 seconds. Oh, that kind of takes your breath away a little bit. Here we go, Ray. Dude, that was awesome. Amazing. I'm absolutely drenched right now in the crotch, y'all. <laughs> oh. Wow. I could feel it was coming, and then that's when I just humped it and gave it that one little <laughs> last okay. thrust. You didn't hump it. Oh, my gosh. You were right. I went everywhere. I went everywhere. 
Let me get my Venmo up so I don't Wait. forget to hit right with this money. Yeah, the watermelon almost hit the production equipment over there. I right. shot it. I told you guys it was going to go everywhere. That was amazing. Is this why Scuba Steve texted all of us seeing if we had a tarp? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Hey, the towels, we definitely shot it short. We needed something bigger. Well, Raymundo just made himself 75 Woo! bucks. Yeah! Hey. All right, Ray, I'm sending it to you right now. Hold All right, on. I'm out of here. I gotta go dry off. Doing a watermelon emoji. Take your watermelon. Emoji. Peace out, watermelon you guys. Watermelon sugar. Hey, Boom. Good luck. Hey, good 75 luck. bucks is now officially sent. Yeah! There you go, buddy. A woman broke a world record by crushing three watermelons in less than eight seconds. And that to watch her dominate these things is wild. Now, Raymundo just sat down and crushed a big watermelon with his thighs. It took about a crazy. minute. But it was awesome. Ray, nice job. You made 75 bucks. Yeah! Do you still have watermelon on your crutch? No, I got it pretty well dried off. I had a security guy help me out. What? Wait, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Did he want to? <laughs> Did he have to? Why? <laughs> uh, Lunchbox is now walking onto the stage. Now, Lunchbox, you're, you, you're up mm. for 100 bucks here. Yeah, so you can do yeah. This. Ray cost himself some money there. So, are you ready to sit down? Yeah, I am. And I got to tell you, as a former cross-country runner, I wouldn't have thought about uh, sitting down. But Ray, with his wrestling background, thank you for going first because you gave me a little, uh, what do you call that? A, a blueprint. Uh-huh. A diagram. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> I kind of want to see you stand and squat and try to do it. <laughs> well, I don't think I'd be able to do it. Ray. I don't think you would either. I, I think Ray was right. And Ray locked his feet, too. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to lock my feet. Don't you worry. I'm going to lock it up. All right. Here's Lunchbox. He's uh, sitting down. He's putting uh, the watermelon between his legs. Uh, He's crossing his feet. The watermelon is going is, in between his oh, two I, knees. Guys, that weighs 100 pounds. That weighs 100 pounds. <clears throat> the watermelon is now in position. I now, need to be more flexible. <laughs> don't squeeze until we give I'm you the time. I'm not squeezing here. yet. Oh, my gosh. I can feel it. You can feel what? I mean, it feels like giving birth, I think. <laughs> I can feel like, I think it. this is what women feel when they're giving birth is like this, uh, this urge to push, and that's what I got. All right, five seconds, and you have 60 seconds Whoa. to crush the melon. Three. I get how long? Two, one, go. You have 60 seconds. Oh, he might do oh. it. I hear it. I hear it. Oh. He might do it. He might do it. I hear it. He's, he, he is squeezing. His Come head on. might pop, but not the watermelon. Oh, my God. Oh, that hurts the thighs. Yeah. He's squeezing. He's turning his body a different way. Looks like he's got a, oh, come some on, kind you of son of a gun. Oh, oh, this is what is this? The devil went down to Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the best it's ever been. <laughs> oh, he's squeezing hard. We are at 25 seconds. If you can take a break, take a break. Oh yeah. Hold on. You have uh, okay 30 uh, 30 seconds now. Left. Oh, I hear it. Oh. Come on. I hear it. Oh, I feel like. Come on, baby. Let's go. Let's go. I see the head, lunch. I see the head. <laughs> you see the head? It's crowding. 15 seconds. Crowding. 15 Keep seconds. Pushing. Keep pushing. Mm. Hurry. Oh. oh 10 on. seconds. Come on, lunch. <laughs> come on. Ah, get out, baby. Five seconds. <laughs> get out. Ah. Time. Oh, oh, no. I guess the baby will just live in there. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> gotta, can't get it out. I put in that sucker. Uh, yeah, you did, you <laughs> well, dented it. It is dented. <laughs> oh. Looks like a pickle now. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, like a cucumber. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. Do I get fifty for the the dip? <laughs> you don't. You don't. Oh. He's oh worn my out. Gosh. I thought I had that, man. Oh. Good run, though, buddy. <sighs> what do you want to say? Oh man, I want to say, props to Ray. I think mine was a little thicker. And man. 
I'll have to train. I'll be back next year. Ray, do you want to break this one for fun or are you done? Ray, no, come break it for do fun. Do it, Ray. Ray, 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 I mean, I went out on a high note and it was very difficult. Do I get extra money or is this just for the show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pay him. It's Wait, fun. no, you can't spend my money. It's fun to watch it explode. Yeah, Bones, come on. It's I'll give you the other 25. Okay. Okay, let's okay. go. All right. Ray, 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 Ray. It's not cracked. Here we go. All right, Daddy's back. Hey, Daddy's back in. Show him how to do it, Ray. Oh, it's already cracked. Hey, you put it in. I told you. Well, you didn't dominate it like I'm about to. Oh, here we go, Ray. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me get, let me, I want to record this. All right. We ready? And three. This Two. Harder to lock. One. Go. But it's all about this. This little thrust that you ain't got, lunch. Let me show you how Daddy does it. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Go ahead, Daddy. He uh, pulled himself off the ground. Oh, oh, come on. Oh, yeah. See? So it's this. Yes. Oh, and you said little, that a minute ago. It's this little thing, and I'm, I got a little more something that you don't got. It's right here. Oh! No! Oh! Oh! Ray, 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 Ray. Ray. Hey, man. That's awesome. In your face! <laughs> it was already dented for you. No, You're welcome. No, no, he's right. Good. There was a little something you, you didn't have. Ray is 2-0. Oh. Nice job, buddy. All right. Um. <laughs> it's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. Of course, coming in at number one, Mike D., you got married. I did. Wearing the ring. I know. Okay, how do you feel wearing a wing? A wing? <laughs> how do you feel? I'm talking about wedding and rings and all the things. How do you feel about wearing a ring? I thought it was going to feel a lot more weird, to be honest, because I don't wear any jewelry, never have, don't even wear a watch. So I thought I was going to have to get used to just having something on my hand. But I'd say within the first day, I was like, this feels right. I like it. And your ring, tell us about your ring. So it's a, I think the material is called tungsten, and it's okay. just a... Like a gunmetal, almost matte gray, just solid band. And it has a nice little weight to it. Is it so, hard? It looks like it's one of those soft ones. No, it's like a hard one. It, it almost looks like the little rubber ones that people wear to work out. Oh, it but does. it's pretty heavy. It looks like that, but then it's so heavy. Yeah. Oh my God, this is like a little paperweight that I have in my hand. Yeah, I think that's why I like it. I like the weight to it. So it, I can... I mean, I think at this point, I don't really notice it on my hand anymore. Unless I go to like clamp down like on a desk or hit something, I'll hear that click. And I'm like, what was that? I was like, oh, it's my ring. When I saw you posting your story, you're like, this is my ring. Like, like you know how the girls always yeah. hold up there? <laughs> I did one of those, yeah, on my Instagram. <laughs> yeah, and I was laughing. But I like it, though, because guys really don't, for the most part, wear rings. It's very uncommon, I guess. There's mm -hmm. some people that do, but most of the time guys don't. So when they finally are wearing a wedding band... It's kind of a big deal, and you have to get used to it. Yeah, I think I'm pretty used to it right now. I, I like it a lot. I do have a one that I wear when I work out that's a rubber one. In case, so you don't like lose it or anything? That's my biggest fear is losing this thing. And the, the only thing that feels weird to me now is when I go to wash my hands, I'm worried that it's going to slip off and fall down the drain, oh, and yes. then it's gone. Yes, I have heard that happen. So, <laughs> so maybe you take it off when you do wash your hands. Yeah, but then the other thing is I forget it when I set <laughs> it down. So I'm going to have to figure out something on that. These are the problems you have to pay attention to now as a married man. I know. These are the things Not you have to do. Not losing my wedding ring. Okay, so I want to talk about the wedding. You told us a lot of things about it before it happened, and we got a lot of details. But was there anything that you didn't share that you can now that it's kind of over? Oh, let's see. Where to start? We talked about the ceremony. Mm -hmm. We never said where it was. 
And then the other thing we were battling going into it was the rain. <laughs> <laughs> yes, which held off beautifully. Yeah. Oh, I think the thing that I, I never shared what I was most excited about going into it. Okay, yeah. And I think going into it was probably the first dance. And it was mainly because of the song we picked in a moment that kind of really solidified our whole kind of story because it was at a time that Kelsey was still living in Texas. I was living in Tennessee and the pandemic hit. And it was at a point where we had to make a decision of where each other was going to live. And she ended up going back to Texas for a little bit. I stayed here and she sent me this song. <laughs> it was a uh, James TW, please keep loving me. And when she sent me that song, I cried <laughs> because it kind of told our story in a song that I'd never really heard before of like, Hey, we're going to go through hard things but we're going to be there for each other. So I was really looking forward to that first dance. And when she sent me that song, I ended up going back to Texas to pick her up, to move her here. And we danced to that song in her apartment. And while we were dancing in her apartment, I had this visual thing in my head of like us someday dancing at our wedding to this song. And this was long before we ever got engaged, long before that story was kind of, <laughs> that whole thing was happening. So in my head, I just kind of, jump frame from that moment into her apartment to us actually at her wedding so yeah going into it that was probably the thing i was looking the most forward to and probably the moment i got the most emotional at the wedding that no one else really saw except for kelsey did you end up kind of crying in that moment when you guys were dancing together yeah that in that moment i did in other moments where i thought i was going to be more emotional i wasn't which is weird too when i think you were so excited that probably the excitement was you know, just, you were so excited. It wasn't like you wanted to cry. You were like, I'm just so happy. Yeah. Like whenever the ceremony was about to start, I thought I was going to pass out. <laughs> I felt nervous because like people know I, I'm not the most, I don't talk a whole lot. I don't really like a whole lot of attention. And in this moment, I kind of realized like everybody was there for us. <laughs> and I was like, this feels weird to me to have people. All eyes on you guys. All eyes, yes, to come. And I felt kind of pressure to like do something or like make sure everybody had a good time. And then in my head of like walking out there, I, I felt really nervous. And then I thought I was going to be just a wall of emotion crying to the point to where I couldn't even like get through everything. So like before we walked out there, I felt like I was just going to pass out and not be able to do it. <laughs> well, you had a, from a guest perspective, you had a smile on the entire time and knowing you, you are a very happy person. But you're not smiling every time. That's not your like natural face. Yeah. It's not what you, you do. You're just very calm and cool. So from the moment I saw you to the moment that you all left, you had a smile on your face. I didn't even realize it. <laughs> the entire, I don't think I ever caught you in a moment that you didn't. And wow. so did Kelsey. But like yours was just so much more apparent because that is not what you typically look like. Like you genuinely were glowing. I know people say glowing in a lot of ways, but in that day, in that six, seven hours that we were all around you, you were glowing. I was glowing. Interesting. <laughs> I know. That's so great. You're like, oh my gosh, no. Okay. So the, the first dance, which was so sweet. I didn't know that backstory, which even makes it all the more emotional. And then you also had the first dance with your mom, which was a traditional Mexican song, right? Yeah. Los Tigres del Norte. Yes. And you guys, your sister taught me a lot of dance moves to all of those, which I loved. I yeah. had such a good time learning them. But was that fun to kind of incorporate 
your guys's culture together in yeah. the wedding because you guys did a wonderful job of that yeah i think that's what we kind of wanted to do going into it is incorporate some a lot of things from when i grew up going to mexican weddings which are a lot different like they're a lot less formal and i think that's kind of our whole was our whole approach going into the wedding is we wanted to be a big party take out some of the more traditional wedding things like you know best man speeches the whole toss thing the dollar those kinds of things we kind of took out and I was like, where we normally have those, let's put in some things from, you know, my Mexican background. So we put in, you know, the mariachi, we put in some of the more um, like the Mexican music and stuff like that. And I think that's kind of how we kind of balanced it of keeping it still some of the things that Kelsey wanted and some of the things that I wanted. So I, th I thought it ended up being pretty fun. Oh, it was epic. <laughs> the whole wedding was epic. I mean, I remember like I was going through and I was like, I, I like this. I like the non-traditional things because it's so different. You start to go to so many weddings and they're all the same. They mm -hmm. do the same types of things. So when you go to one and it's just a whole different atmosphere, you have such a good time. I mean, y'all had a taco truck, chips and queso, margarita machines, and I was learning Mexican dances with your sister <laughs> while taking tequila shots in yes, the back room. <laughs> tequila shots. Was so, that your doing? So your your sister, when she was in town for Kelsey's like bachelorette party here, mm -hmm. um, we were talking. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be taking tequila shots. I was like, well, I don't really like tequila and I don't really take them, but... If I'm going to a Mexican wedding, I feel like I need to be taking some tequila <laughs> shots. So I promise I will join you. And then it just kind of escalated throughout the evening. I, I kept dancing. I was having such a good time with your family. And I was like, I'm joining all the people. And I just kept making your sister take shots with me. And then your mom would keep taking shots. And I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and then I grabbed y'all as soon as I could find you guys. Because you guys were, everybody wanted to talk to you. As soon as the moment that I saw y'all on the dance floor, I was like, I'm getting them for one tequila shot. And that was the point that I dragged you guys over for one. <laughs> Yeah, that is the weird part of a wedding is having to make the rounds and like say hi to everybody and having time to actually enjoy the wedding. Do you feel like you guys had enough moments that you got to enjoy together? Yeah, I think we that was like the biggest piece of advice people gave us going into it is make sure you have a moment to talk to each other during the wedding and then also have moments to where you actually get to enjoy it. You're not just doing all the other things like actually have fun at the wedding. So we made a point to like go out and party and dance. And then she danced to what with her dad, stepdad. Yeah, Trace Atkins. Then they do. I think it's what it's okay, called. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was a country song. Yeah, it sounded familiar. I'm trying to think of what else that you feel comfortable sharing that we haven't discussed with people. You guys each did your own vows, which were beautiful. That was the hard part. I, I think that's the thing I was the most nervous about because we did decide to write them ourselves, and I was like, if I get too emotional while reading these, like. I thought I was going to sound like a blubbering idiot up there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like both of you guys had the perfect mix of happy and humor that like you two just, it, it showcased each of your personalities so well. Yeah. She read hers really well. I think my voice was a little trembly. Like I kind of had like this shaking feeling in my knees and my voice quivered a bit that I was like, oh, am I going to be able to get these out? But I, I think I ended up doing all right. Well, again, from a guest perspective, had no idea. Oh, interesting. No I idea. I felt that voice tremble. I was like, oh, man. Nope. Had no idea that you were doing that. But I also like, for you, that's what you're thinking about. But for all of us, I'm just sitting there smiling, watching you two share your vows. You know what I mean? The yeah. last thing I'm thinking of was the critiques of how you guys are talking. <laughs> So that's probably why I didn't notice. I was just like, this is so happy. Also, I was handing everybody Kleenexes while we were sitting there because everybody was crying. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that too. So I did not notice that part. 
What about a honeymoon? Because obviously, you know, you have to come back to work. What's your guys' honeymoon situation? So we're doing a kind of mini moon in Nashville, like a staycation type thing. And then in the summer, we are going to Scottsdale, Arizona okay. for our real honeymoon. Love that. How'd you guys decide on Scottsdale? Uh, we really just wanted to go somewhere we, where we could do outdoor things. Also a place that has good Mexican food. And then a place where we could kind of just unplug and hang out by a pool. And we, I've been to Phoenix before, stayed at a place there that was amazing. And Kelsey's never been to Arizona, never done anything like that. So I was like, let's go. Let's experience it for the first time. Let's just go and spend some time there. Oh, yeah. And it is a beautiful place. And I'm sure a lot of people are going to be sending you a lot of recommendations after we talk <laughs> about this. It's a great place to be. So I'm excited that you guys finally get to go on that. But one more question before we let people hear your first initial response to getting back and being a married man. You guys have been fully married for one week now. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like anything has changed? I would say there's a feeling now of everything just being official. And it's a feeling of like things being permanent now and knowing that we are in this for the long haul, that we're always going to be there for each other no matter what. It was kind of the same feeling I had when I got a tattoo, like I, like putting ink on your body, realizing, oh man, this thing is with me forever. I have to make some real smart decisions now. And it just feels more like, I don't know, like this kind of sense of like security in a way of like knowing that we said these things to each other that we kind of pledged to each other. Like, Hey, no matter what happens, you have me, no matter how bad life gets, no matter how good life gets, we're going to experience everything together from here on out. And I think it's this kind of just solidifying feeling of like, that I found my person that I have a lifelong partner and that everything that comes at us now, we're a team. I think I've learned now like to say we more like I am, uh, you know, I have a partner now forever and it's, it's a cool feeling. You just glue again. You didn't even know. I, I don't think glue is a pastor. You just glowed again. You're smiling all over again, talking about it. And I love that you just compared. I know Kelsey's going to listen to it. And I love that you just compared y'all's marriage to a tattoo. Which is totally going to kill you for it. So funny though. But there you have it. That's what it's like being a newlywed. It's kind of like a tattoo stuck with you forever <laughs> can never go away well technically you could remove it and technically all these things but you guys are not going to <laughs> it's going to be great i'm so excited for your guys's marriage and your life together i mean i love kelsey i love you i'm just really happy for the both of you guys so thanks for coming on and sharing some more details because we got to talk about it a little bit on the show but you know overpowered yeah. by another situation <laughs> that happened at the wedding yeah, so yeah. we got to had, had some more details about what actually went down at your wedding so thanks for coming on and hanging out with us for it yeah thanks here is mike coming back on the show on monday his first time back on the show from a boyfriend to a fiance to a married man number one let me play you this voicemail from over the weekend Hey, Bobby, I just wanted to call in and congratulate Mike D on his wedding. Also, just a little tidbit of advice. I saw everyone's Instagram stories and I saw the whole thing unfold with Raymundo. It's really unfortunate, but don't let that take away from Mike D's big day. So if you could avoid talking about that on air, that would be great. Well, we'll avoid talking about it right now, but <laughs> I mean, next hour, the second segment, it's what, what we're going to focus on. I'll wait till the kids get to school, but you can't not talk about Raymundo absolutely going berserk at Mike D's wedding. Ray, I was 
Well, I posted a, a thing on Instagram where I was interviewing Ray in the airport, like a press conference after that the night. And there's some clips kind of uh, mixed in with Ray's antics at Mike's wedding. And I posted it just kind of funny. But people started going after Ray and Bay in this. And mm. Caitlin came in like their bodyguard and was just attacking people. Do you see her? No, I didn't. I uh, avoid that stuff. But my wife said, do not go to Instagram posts right now. People are attacking us. They're going very hard. Well, I mean, if there's two people Caitlin love, it's Ray and Bay. And so someone wrote, I'll read you this comment. Uh, you seriously think your trashy wife's behavior is funny? You are an embarrassment to every... Pl- they just curse a bit. Oh. And right. Caitlin goes, this is so rude. Ray and his wife are lovely people who would never go as low as to troll a stranger on the internet. Oh, my fiance blocks you because you can't talk to our friends that way. I haven't blocked him yet. I just saw that one. Yeah, She's just get, hoping. I'm probably going to get on that. <laughs> um, we'll talk about it later. Absolutely. I'm open to talk about it. Yeah, you have to be. I can't wait to talk about Mike like B's that. wedding. You can't act like that and not be open to talk about it. But is he going to remember anything? No, he doesn't remember a lot of it. <laughs> exactly. But we have video of every movie made. <laughs> Mike D, let's talk to you for a second. Yeah. It didn't rain. And all week long, it was going to rain, rain, rain. Yeah, day came and sunny skies. All good. It's like perfect. Perfect. You have your ring on? I do have it on. Does it feel weird? It kind of feels normal. I like it. Ooh. You had a wedding, then the next day, what did you do? Uh, the next day, we woke up, got some coffee, got some breakfast, and then just hung out and kind of enjoyed the first day as being a married couple. In a hotel? Yeah. And so, did you do anything special that day, or did you just hang? No, nothing. We uh, met up with some people before we flew out, and then just hung out. And so, you're back at work today? Yeah. You didn't want to go anywhere? No. I think we'll do something small this weekend, and then something later in the summer. So you will have a honeymoon? Yeah, later in the summer. You just don't want to do it right now? No. Okay, and do you know where you're going to go, anything like that? I think we're going to Arizona. And it, any special place in Arizona? Why Why Arizona? Uh, Scottsdale. Uh, my, oh, yeah, it's nice. My it's wife awesome. has never been, and we wa- always wanted to go. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little fruit-fruit. Like, it's really nice. <laughs> it's it's like, like you're like, wow, this, where did they get all this money? Now, you drive around like every car is like a Maserati. Well, that's where I want to go. Well, it's a good place to go. <laughs> it's kind of intimidating to go there. Okay, well, the wedding was super was super nice. We go and we're sitting in little white chairs, and because I have a wedding coming up, I'm like, dang, I wonder how much these chairs cost to rent. Like you, all this stuff now is is happening in your head, and we're sitting and we're like, I guess it's not gonna rain. And they walk down, and Eddie looks at me and goes, uh, is Mike D gonna cry? And I go, oh yeah, he's gonna cry for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike D gets up and says his vows. Got a little emotional, but never cried. No yeah. tears. I thought it was going to hit me. I think, like, right before I walked out, I had, like, this wave of emotion. And I think maybe I, like, psyched myself out a little bit that I didn't cry. We finished the wedding. It was fantastic. You didn't see her, though, until she got there, right? No, I didn't. I noticed your head down as she was walking. Did you not want to see her until she got close to you? Yeah, because I, I just felt like the waterworks were going to hit me. So I was like, when she walks down here, I'll, I'll take it in. At what point did you actually look at her? I think right when she, like, turned the corner and was, like, walking closer to the aisle. And what happened with your emotions, your body? I just got happy. Like, I thought I was going to be sad and, like, feel like I wanted to cry. But I was so happy that I just took it all in. And it was amazing. So they get married. We go and we have the reception. And Mike D did the ultimate. And just instead of being like, okay, here's some food. You guys go. It was like taco truck. Big, nice taco truck. We all went to it. They had a, he had a mariachi band. Yeah. Um... What else? He had cookie, big cookies, and I kept going to people going, hey, can we get the cookies yet? Because nobody would get into the cookies. <laughs> and they were just sitting right there. And everyone's like, I don't know if we can get the cookies yet. I'm like, no, they're sitting on the table. I went to like five people. They're right there. Here's the two things we did. 
is they were like, okay, if you guys want to get to the taco truck, um, you can go now. Kayla and I went first. Oh, yeah, the we, first. We went out the door. And we're like, okay, we'll start. <laughs> I was starving. Um, and it was super good. Then we had cookies, and then we danced. And then I'll, I'll bring up a lot of the Ray stuff later, but we when we did the line, what's it called, the send-off? Yeah. Ray was throwing glow sticks at people. Oh, boy. <laughs> did you see? I heard, but I didn't see. Somebody threw a cup, too, that hit you in the head. Did you oh, I didn't. Know, I didn't notice that. <laughs> that might have been Ray, too. I don't know. Yeah. All I know is I saw a cup come over my head and land right on Mike D's head as he was walking down to the car to get married. And so, but overall... Like, the wedding was fantastic. I, I have to assume you felt good about it. Yeah, I think our whole thing going into it, we didn't really have that high expectations aside of just having a party. And I think that's what we wanted to do. We didn't really do a lot of, like, tr- traditional things like speeches or stuff like that. We just wanted to go full-out party mode. And how did you feel about Ray, just quickly? I thought he kind of brought the party to life a little bit. Okay, there you go, Ray. Mike D said that Ray and Morgan win the hardest goers of the of the party award. Yes, yeah. they, they went the hardest. They went the hardest. <laughs> All right, Mike. Well, congratulations, buddy. Thank you. He's back. He got married this weekend. Woo. He's back on the show today. It's the best bits of the week with Morgan number two. All right, y'all. That's a wrap for this week's show. Thank you guys for hanging out with me and with Mike. If you want to follow him on anything, Mike, what's your social handle? Mike Destro, D-E-E-S-T-R-O. All the things, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, you name it, he's on it. So am I, at WebGirlMorgan. You guys can hang out and relive all the best bits moments. Post if you guys love this. Post if you guys want me to talk about other things. Let me know what you like. That's the only way I can change it or do better. I like it. Just don't yell at me. Troll me. I'm probably not going to respond yeah, well. Yeah, don't, no, no, no <laughs> don't do that. Just constructive feedback. All right, y'all. Have a great weekend. BobbyBones.com, at BobbyBonesShow. I promise there's so much content up there. I work on it all week just so y'all see it. I love y'all. Goodbye. Come on. Bobby Bones, yeah.